I said, I got this deal. It's about, you know, X enterprise value. Man, I think I could do this. So they said, well, hey, you know what? Send me some information on it. Well, let's let me look at it. So he looked at it and lo and behold, after a bunch of conversations, they were like, hey, look, if you want to do this, we will loan you, you know, this much money to buy this. Like we believe in you, you know, got to sign your life away, but we believe in you, right? And I'm like, well, yeah, thank you for loaning me, giving me that commitment, but it costs this much money to buy it. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs, boutique hotels, and hospitality brands, and the hosts, operators, and entrepreneurs who have brought them to life. Every Tuesday and Friday, you'll meet the military veterans, the retired flight attendants, tech entrepreneurs, the school teachers, the single moms, and the real estate investors who are all, in their own unique ways, shaping the future of travel and hospitality. Discover how these visionaries from all over the world have built chic cabins in the mountains, designed bohemian bungalows on the beach, erected eclectic off-grid and nature-immersed escapes, and so much more. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Spontaneous, the internet's best destination for last-minute Airbnb deals. You can subscribe for free at Spontaneous.com. And I'm your host, Zach Cruz, co-founder and CEO of Spontaneous. All right, friends, enjoy the show. If you're like most Airbnb hosts, you likely started hosting as a side hustle. Perhaps your initial goal was just to cover the mortgage on your vacation home or make a few extra bucks for the kids' college savings. Or maybe it was even your very first real estate investment. But if you're listening to this podcast, chances are your Airbnb side hustle is becoming a real business. Now it feels like a full-time job and you might even be sleeping less than your guests. If this sounds more or less like your story, then you'll be ecstatic to meet today's sponsor, Host Labs. Think of Host Labs as the Robin to your Batman or the Yin to your Yang. Host Labs partners with short-term rental owners and operators like you so you can get away from the daily hosting chores and spend your time planning the next chapter of your business. Host Labs partners with you to set up seamless operations for your short-term rental business so you can focus on working on your business and not just in it. They do this by walking alongside you as you set strategic growth goals, determine how best to build your technology stack, and their in-house recruiting agency is the perfect resource for when you're ready to start scaling your team. Host Labs doesn't just tell you or show you what to do. They ensure that the job actually gets done, whether that be reducing your monthly burn or finding a new cleaning team. So if you're ready to keep growing your portfolio, Host Labs is here to help you turn your dream of owning a really cool hospitality business into a reality. You can get started with a free consultation to see if Host Labs might be the right match for your business at hostlabs.co. That's .co as in C-O forward slash B-T-S as in behind the stays. And if you decide to work with them, you'll qualify for an exclusive discount when you reference behind the stays during your chat with one of their team members. Again, that's hostlabs.co, C-O forward slash B-T-S. All right, guys, back to the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Mike Harrington, a true legend among vacation rental managers. Mike's career in hospitality started by accident. After graduating from business school, Mike received a call from a recruiter to join a vacation rental management company on Hatteras Island. He learned the ropes of the industry at this first gig, he grew to love the art of the business, and eventually he decided that what he really wanted was to own and operate his own vacation rental management company. After working at one of the largest vacation rental managers in the Outer Banks, Mike decided to take the leap and found Carolina Retreats, a vacation rental management firm that would grow to serve nearly 400 properties all across the state of North Carolina. Along the way, Mike would answer the call to serve his colleagues in the industry by becoming the president of VRMA. VRMA is the largest professional trade association for vacation rental managers, and Mike served as president of this organization for nearly six years. While Mike had no intention of selling his business, in 2021, he got an offer from VTrips, one of the world's leading and most respected vacation rental management brands, and it was an offer that he just couldn't refuse. Tune in to hear the stories, lessons, and insights Mike has garnered throughout his career, and get an inside look into the company that he's building next. All right, friends, without further ado, get ready to meet Mike. All right, Mike, we are live. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. 
Well, I am excited to talk to you because I actually only recently encountered you on social media. And I, I don't know, X just served up some one of your like recent tweets and I saw it and I then kind of went down this rabbit hole of reading about who you are and what you do. And I was like, I cannot believe I haven't like connected with Mike before. And you've quite an impressive resume. And so there's a lot I want to uncover today. But I actually I actually wanted to start by hearing just a little bit about like your your own story so what what was it initially that inspired you to to get into vacation rentals well zach uh thanks for having me i've listened to your podcast great information some great guests for sure so i'm probably on the lower end of that totem pole um <laughs> but that's okay um i'm not a big social media guy i i, I do it I almost force myself to do it from time to time because i'm uh, I like to contribute. I like to stay involved. I like to uh, just be part of the ongoing story of vacation rentals. Um, kind of backing it up if you want to kind of get my elevator pitch of my background. So I really didn't choose vacation rentals or, or now they're called short-term rentals. Yeah, um, That was, it was really something out of necessity for me. So I as way, way back in 2005, um, so fresh out of business school, um, I was with my girlfriend, wife now. Uh, we were living in Greenville, South Carolina. We were doing the thing, you know, working. We were trying to start a life, build a yeah. career. Very young. I think I was 23 or 24, somewhere in that range. So wow. didn't, didn't know what I didn't know, right? It was just, let's just let's just have fun and, and get with it. But just out of chance, I had a email from a recruiter from a real estate company on the Outer Banks of North Carolina. And I'm from Eastern North Carolina. So I'm from that region, knew all the beaches really well. I grew up going to them. I surfed, I fished, I did, did all that fun stuff. And yeah. so I got this email and it's a real estate company and they were looking for a, a uh, assistant real estate manager. I'm like, oh, wow, that sounds pretty interesting, right? <laughs> real estate, beach. Um, what what, what more could you want? I know how to do that, right? That's easy. Um, <laughs> So I said, okay, I'll come for an interview. And I, and I really had never been. This this company was called Hatteras Realty. It was on Hatteras Island, North Carolina. And if you're familiar with the Outer Banks, Hatteras Island is sort of the, the mecca of surfing on the East Coast. It's mm. But it's sparse, right? Mm. It's um, a fishing village first, uh, and it's a tourist destination second. Um, so I went down for the interview at Hatteras Realty and a gentleman named Stuart Couch was the owner of that company at the time. Uh, another gentleman named Stuart Pack was his sort of right-hand man, VP. And so I sat down and interviewed with them. Um, you know, it's rare, I would say, to get, uh, and look, this is not a toot my own horn at all. This is just the fact of the matter. It's rare, you know, to get someone with a business background that level of education to come down there and, and kind of just, just see what it's all about and yeah. interview. So, so they were excited. I was excited because I didn't have a job yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and you know, they, we had it, we hit it off, had a great conversation. They, they, they hired me on the spot or offered me a job on the spot, a full $14 an hour mm. working your butt off as assistant rental manager for a vacation rental company. And look at the time, I had no idea what vacation rental management was, right? I was like, okay, so let me get this straight. You guys don't own any of these properties. You're yeah. like, nope. I'm like, okay, well, what do you do? They're like, well, we rent them on behalf of the owner. We take care of them. We clean them. Uh, we handle all the guest interaction and we pay the owners at the end of the month. I'm like, well, that sounds awesome. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> let's, let's do that. Um, so, so that's how I really I fell into it, and and from there I worked with with that group for a, a couple of years and kind of cut my teeth. I was very lucky. Stuart Couch was sort of a, I mean he's larger than life figure hmm. in the vacation rental industry and in the in the professionally managed industry, and he kind of took me under his wing and um, you know learned learned a tremendous amount. And then from there I parlayed that into an opportunity. Um, we call it up the beach, right? On the Outer Banks. So up the beach in the Nags Head, Kitty Hawk, mm. Mobile Hills area, there was a company uh, called Resort Realty who was owned by uh, two brothers and they lived outside of Pittsburgh. So again, recruiter yeah. found me, found a resume. And this is this is like in the days of 
you know, monster.com, right? Yeah. I don't think anybody even knows what that is anymore. Yeah. So, but hey, it worked. It worked. Um, so found me and, uh, you know, I was like, yeah, I really like where I'm at. But, you know, this was a, a kind of a step up or rung up. And, you know, look, working, working middle management and yeah. vacation rentals is tough, right? Yeah. You get, you get beat up, you know, you're, you're constantly on call. So there, there's a lot to it. But I would say, the most phenomenal training ground that you can do in this industry is probably in that particular level. So mm. anyway, uh, ended up hitting it off with the brothers who own resort realty and they brought me on as sort of like a, a business liaison, do some accounting. They, they was like, Hey, we need someone who's just gonna, you know, kind of be our eyes and ears from yeah. a business perspective because we want to grow. We have some management in place and I'm like, all right, that sounds, you know, I get to get out of sort of the the get my hands dirty operations and into a more of a, a business role. Yeah. And uh again, I was very young. I was 26, I think. I mean, I, I was still very young. And so the first day they they hired me, they came down, they want to introduce me to the team and and they hired me, you know, without telling any of them. So I'm like, Jeez. okay, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they brought me in there. They said, Hey, wait, wait here in the car. We'll we'll be right back. Um and they came out about 10 minutes later, like, well, the president of the company just quit huh. and you are now going to be running this thing. And I was like, well, running what? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was kind of really, really thrown in the fire there. So uh, Resort Realty, I always kind of called them sort of a wallflower. Like you knew they were there. They're still a good sauce company on the Outer Banks. And the Outer Banks, just for context, for listeners, you know, there's there's thousands upon thousands of vacation rentals yeah. right so um sort of the average size i would say of a company down there especially a company that's been there for a while it's probably in the four to five hundred property range okay um which now you tell people that and they just like their eyes kind of bug out of their head yeah um, a little bit but like that was that was just sort of the norm down there and that's what we we had to deal with so you know, resort realty was around 400 properties. Wow. Um, you know, decent inventory. I wouldn't say great inventory. So my charge was to go in and say, all right, we want to, we want to grow this vacation rental division. Mm -hmm. We want to be more profitable. Right. And oh, by the way, we're dropping our real estate franchise and we're rebranding hmm. to an independent. So, you know, all those things kind of in play the time. And, and probably if I had to do that today, I would not make many of the decisions I made back then, hmm. but that's not a good thing. <laughs> I think, I think I was just naive enough to make the decisions to kind of just, just plow through and charge yeah. us ahead. And it wasn't just me, right? We had, we had other people in the company who, who helped out. Of course, the the family who owned the business was very, you know, obviously very involved in, um, so we, we ended up, uh, worked with them for eight years, which was fantastic. And, and really talk about an MBA, hmm. you know, working with a very wealthy family. And this was just like a side project for them, right? Yeah, like they yeah. have multiple other businesses and you know, they would fly in on their jets and wow. we'd have meetings, they fly back out. <laughs> so talk, talk about MBA, right? I mean, it was, it was really, really good. Um, we, you know, we learned about financing projects. We learned about capital. We learned about all, all of those things that really make it make it work. And, yeah. you know, I worked with them for eight years. We grew that business from, you know, 400. So we had a great base, right? But 400 to over 600 by the time we left. And then ended up building our real estate sales portfolio to about number two in sold volume Wow. on the Outer Banks. So we grew that business. Uh, Bought some real estate, did some small development projects as well with some partnerships. I mean, that, you know, again, being in, in the middle of all that, listening to the thought process and, you know, the investment thesis and all of those things was just was just phenomenal. Yeah, um, phenomenal. And, you know, that was that was really the precedent for me to sit back and say, you know, God, man, like, like I see all the financials. I see all this money coming yeah. in. I'm going and look, look, it's not like I see all the money coming in and I'm just saying, oh, I can do that because yeah, I know yeah, what yeah. it takes to do that, to get yeah. to that level. These yeah. guys owned this business for 20 years really yeah. before they made that kind of money. So like, I get it, but it's like, well, if I really want to keep doing this, yeah. if I really want to keep doing this. Maybe I should try to do it for myself. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, that was easier said than done with a young family. I had, uh, two getting ready to have my third child, wow. 
Um, we just bought a new house, wow. you know, I mean, you know, all of those things that starts when you get into your like early to mid thirties, start really kind of, I mean, they, they tie you down, yeah. right. And, and not, not in a bad way. It's just, they, they, that's just part of life. It just gets um, more serious. Yeah. You know, it's part of life. And, and I love, you know, it was great. So, but I was like, you know, maybe, maybe now's the time. Like if, if, if I don't do it now, yeah. um, when, when, when do I do it? It's not going right? to get easier. Yeah. Yeah. So. So that was sort of the the precedent to start kind of thinking through that. And really, my first thought was, well, maybe they'll sell me resort realty. Hmm. Like, that makes sense. I'm running it. Yeah. Uh, I have great relationships with the bankers because they know me because they know I'm running it. We're very profitable. You know, maybe they'll lend me the money. Um, Well, you know, if you know anything about wealthy families, (laughs) (laughs) generally, like, they don't have to sell anything yeah. and they don't like selling anything because then they got to pay a bunch of taxes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they're like, look, do, where am I going to put that money after the government takes a chunk of it Yeah, that I'm going to get anywhere close to the return I'm getting now? And I'm yeah. like, that's a very good point. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a very good point. Uh, I understand. So, so I, you know, still a great relationship with those guys. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't want to, push that envelope at all but you know you don't you don't get what you don't ask for right yeah. so you just which go I mean, down that road which you know yeah it, it, it's also just like in i think a testament to, to your own character right like you could have just been like hey i've you know i've learned what i can here i, I know the formula i know the ropes you know peace out see, see you later but i think it, it's it's actually quite admirable that you went and said hey i'd love to buy this i want to do this for myself and not not everyone does that right and so it, it's cool that you at least gave it a shot you you, you know you, you shot your shot they turned it down and then it really opened a door for you to kind of just go no i'm sure i'm sure they were sad to see you leave but at the same time you you did everything right which is which is quite impressive hey guys it's zach if you're enjoying this episode could you do me two very quick favors First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. I'll go overboard, not try to burn bridges. You know, mm. it just doesn't make any sense in, in life and business yeah. or anything. And, mm. um, you know, it's not, a, it's not a situation where I said, hey, sell it to me. And if you say no, I'm leaving. Yeah. Right? I, I was like, okay, no problem. We just yeah. kept kept on, right? Um, so um, along those lines, sort of in the, in the framework of the story, around 20... 15-ish, early 2015-ish, yeah. I get a call from a really good friend of mine, Ben Edwards. Uh, he's a uh, a broker, one of the biggest brokers, really in the in the vacation rental management industry. Does does a lot of deals. Um, and he called me up one day. He said, hey, Mike, uh, I, got a, I got a deal. And then, look, this is 2015, right? This is before any of this was cool, yeah. right? Yeah. This, is before, <laughs> this is before anybody, you know, you said, go to an investor and like, hey, you know, buy a vacation rental business. You're like, What's that? What? Why? You know? <laughs> um, so they called me up and he's like, hey, I got this deal on Topsail Island, uh, North Carolina. He's like, you know where that is? I'm like, I know exactly where that is. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, my wife's family actually had a uh, vacation home down there for years. So we'd go visit um, once a year, hang out, beautiful area right near Wilmington. Okay. Wilmington's sort of the southeastern coast of yeah. North Carolina. And, um, and that's really Long term, that's really where we'd love to end up. Mm. Um, and when I when he told me that, I didn't know much about the topsoil market per se. I mean, I, I couldn't have been much different than the Outer Banks, so I was just assuming a little bit smaller. Um, I said, "Man, I, I know exactly where it is. You know, send me some information." So they sent me some information. 
uh, I let it let it kind of sit on the shelf for a while. I was yeah. busy, you know, we were doing stuff. My, my wife was pregnant. Yeah. Uh, wow. And and I started, you know, one day I, I pulled it out and started looking at it. And this this company was Topsoil Realty. So the company had been around for uh, at that point, you know, forty years. Wow. Um, so it's no no new company. And this <laughs> side tangent, right? So that tells you, right? This is not a new industry. Yeah. <laughs> Airbnb did not create this industry. Yeah. Like this, there's multiple companies, especially in my area and, and, and multiple other areas that have been around for decades. I mean, yeah. multi-decades. So, yeah. okay, did the industry evolve? Of course it did, right? Yeah. It needed to, right? Yeah. Has it gotten bigger? Of course it did. Great. But let's don't kid ourselves and think that someone just discovered this business. Hey, yeah. hey. We can rent homes short term. Yeah. Nobody ever thought of that, right? <laughs> I, I want to come back to that in a second too, but but keep 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 going with your story because I, okay. I I want to follow up on that. But but yeah, yeah so, no, no. so you see this opportunity and and then what happens? So I see this opportunity and and you know, there's it kind of lines up, right? It's a relatively smaller company. I think it's around uh, a little over a hundred units uh, or homes, excuse me, I don't like calling them units, mm. homes. Um and, you know, one office, you know, small, I'm like, man, like that, I could get my arms around that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I can get in. I know how to do this. I work day to day. There was like one problem hmm. with all of this deal. I didn't have any money, <laughs> 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 which, which is generally a pretty big problem, right? When you want to buy a business. So I was like, oh my God, you know, what do I do? And I was, you know, I had, had some conversations with Ben and one day I just knocked on my my banker's door. He's uh you know, it was a town bank, great bank out of Virginia. Give them a shout out. Um I said, Hey, look, I got this deal that came across my nose. And they knew me from resort and from the industry at large. And, yeah, you know, I am pretty pretty vocal and and, yeah. and and well known within the industry at that point. Yeah. And uh, I said, I got this deal. Um it's about you know, X enterprise value. You know, man, I think I could do this. Yeah. So they said, well, hey, you know what? Send me some information on it. Well, let's let me look at it. So he looked at it and, you know, lo and behold, after a bunch of conversations, right, with bankers, it's not like, hey, of course, yeah, here, here yeah. it is. So <laughs> they, they're, they, they're like, hey, look, if you want to do this, we will loan you, you know, this much money to buy this. Yeah. Like we believe in you, you know, got to sign your life away, but we believe in you, right? And I'm like, you're like, I'm like, well, yeah, thank you for loaning me or, or giving me that um, commitment, but it cost this much money to buy it, <laughs> right? <laughs> so there was this there was this equity gap, and it wasn't a insignificant equity yeah. gap to buy this company. And, you know, I had a little bit of money. That, no money is, you know, not the right term. I had, I had a little bit, right? So I was like, well, I'll, I'll like, I'm going all in on black, right, if yeah. I want to do this deal. Like, it's, yeah. it's getting every, every dime I got. Yeah. And I had to go out then and find the rest of the money. Hmm. And this is a great, you know, if, if you've never had to go out and find capital from an investor and convince them to believe in you, to believe in an opportunity, there's no better school in this world than doing that. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. So, you know, I just started picking up my phone and calling anybody that I knew that had actually a, a, a dime, right. Who, who could do this. And I didn't want, like I was certainly not trying to crowdfund this thing yeah. and have, you know, 10, 15 people involved. I didn't really want two people involved. Yeah. I wanted one other person involved. And, yeah. um, you know, lo and behold, I was able to, uh, one day just, just, you know, pick up the phone, a gentleman, uh, out in Wilmington, uh, by the name of Jim Wallace, who owns one of the largest real estate companies in Wilmington. Um, great guy, great company. Uh, the year before we had some really serious conversations about me coming to work for him hmm. and running his vacation rental operation in the Wilmington sort of, sort of that area, you know, didn't work it out. Just didn't, didn't, you know, I had a great opportunity where I was, you yeah. know, we, we hit it off and, and kept in touch. So uh, I called him and said, Jim, Hey, got this deal in your neck of the woods. Um, what do you think? Yeah. Right. So he's like, oh, you know, send it to me, right? Send it to him. He he looked at it about a week later and just emailed me back like two words. I'm in. Wow. Wow. I'm in. Wow. <laughs> so Amazing. I was like, oh my gosh, this is happening, right? This is happening. And um, 
you know, from there, it was like a whirlwind. I don't know what happened after that. Next thing I knew, I wake up and I was sitting in an office and I owned the company. Right? Wow. <laughs> it was just, it was a whirlwind. So, you know, Jim, Jim became in as an investor. Um, I'd, I had um, a few years, years later, and it was kind of predetermined a little bit, but I, I ended up buying him out after we grew the business and he cashed out, had a wonderful return, 3X his money. Wow. Um, he's happy. And I ended up owning the company outright. Wow. Um, this is about 2018, 2019 uh, at that point. And then from there, it was just sort of all hands on deck. Um, let's kind of grow this thing. Wow. So and so and so this and th- this business, you end up rebranding to Carolina Retreats. Is that correct? Okay. Yeah. So w- when I came down this way, and my my whole thought process was, look, there's no there's no Outer Banks company in this region, and, mm. and if you Look at on the map, right? The, this this region. So you got uh, Wilmington sort of in the middle. This yeah. is the southeastern coast, and you got multiple little beach towns, sort of from to the north to the south, all the way to the South Carolina line. But not many, if any, companies. And there were companies, you know, decent companies, longtime family companies. Look, I'm so, um, but none of them were really operating in more than one town. Hmm. Very localized, very okay. localized, very old school. And yeah. I know again, it's. It's in vogue to kick shins of the old school property management companies, but these were good companies yeah. and, um, you know, took care of their owners, you know, all, all of that, which you really want to do. So I say, well, look, what if, um, what if we built one of these outer bank style companies and we had operations in every beach town in this whole region? Yeah. What would that, what would that look like? And I'm like, damn, it looked pretty big. <laughs> 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 There's a ton of inventory once you started doing the math. Um, again, you're not going to go in and be the biggest guy in every single market. And you don't need that. Yeah. But you can do sort of a hub and spoke model where you have your your central office location, you have your operational teams in each other respective beach towns, and then it becomes execution from there. Right. right. It becomes yeah. execution. It becomes uh, uh, taking care of your owners, communication, all that sort of thing. So, so that was the investment thesis, and you know, I, I knew. I knew when I bought Topsail Realty, I'm like, okay, I can't obviously call it Topsail Realty and everywhere I go. So yeah. we got to come up with a a branding. So we kind of came up with the umbrella brand approach, right? So Carolina Retreats was the umbrella brand. And if we acquired other companies that had a significant um, you know, value in the name or in the brand, we would keep that and just, you know, keep it underneath it, you know, Topsail Realty by yep. Carolina Retreats, yeah. right? So no, nothing earth shattering, but, um, you know, it, it works. Yeah. You don't want to strip away these brands that have been around for yeah. 30 to 40 years yeah. and put, you know, you know, techhostcompany.com on yeah. it or whatever yeah. it is. Like <laughs> these these old school owners are going to look at you like you got three heads yeah. and they're going to walk right out the door to the guy who's been around for two decades yeah. smoking cigarettes on the front porch and go work with him. Like yeah. That's what they're going to do. So um, I, I don't think people will understand that. In, in these smaller these smaller leisure markets but um any event we decided to do that and then from there it was it was kind of game on right yeah. so i was able to find um some small companies we expanded into the carolina curry beach market area which is just south of wilmington okay um we i actually bought three three very small companies and then we just smashed them together and then before you knew it we had 100 plus units down in carolina beach so we had an operation down there which is great um, and then, you know, looking at other markets, Wrightsville beach, which is sort of a higher end market, yeah, right. Sort of in the middle of Wilmington. Um, we were able to get in that market. Um, and, and then really while we were doing this, the best thing I ever did, uh, was end up hiring my COO VP Stuart pack from the outer banks. Okay. And Stu, Stu and I, he's my buddy. We've worked together at three separate companies. He actually hired me at Hatter's Realty, <laughs> my very first job. Wow. I hired him at Resort Realty okay. to come in and be number two. He took over a resort when I left to start Carolina Retreats and bought Tops of Realty. So then we hired Stuart to come work with me at Carolina Retreats as our chief operating officer and VP. Wow. Wow. Um, so so you guys really go right there. Yeah. And Stu, Stu's one of the most... Uh, probably the smartest, most technical vacation rental managers um, that I know in this industry. I mean, you know, he's he's book smart. He understands the processes. He understands hospitality. 
you know, and, and really the main point of what we do, right, is taking care of our homeowners' assets. Like yeah. that's that's what we do. And yeah. um, and he really helped make the company what it is. So very always be grateful to him and yeah, uh, just a wonderful wonderful partner. Yeah. So I, I, I appreciate all this, all this context. And I mean, it's just, it's such an incredible story, right? Like how you, you started with this recruiter that said, Hey, will you come and move here and work for work in vacation rental management? You had no idea what this you know industry even was. And now you're, you're the owner of like a, a, a very respectable uh, business uh, in, in the space. And so along the way, right. I know that you end up becoming president of uh, VRMA, which is uh, the largest kind of professional Association of Vacation Rental Managers in the space. I think that you were there for for like six years or so, uh, serving serving as president. And I want to I want to ask a couple questions about that. But I want to go back to what you were saying around kind of Airbnb's emergence into into the space because a lot of the folks that listen to this show are are newer hospitality entrepreneurs, right? Like they they have come in into the industry in the last three, four years. Many of them, you know, were working in tech or they were working elsewhere and they made a little bit of money and they wanted to get into hospitality. They wanted to get into real estate investing and they didn't want to do it like, you know, mom and dad did it, right? So they've bought cool tree houses or they've built really like interesting, unique stays and and more and more of them are are falling in love with with this industry but i think admittedly like many of the people that listen to this show have probably never even heard of a vrma quite frankly right and so i i just feel like we have this opportunity to to get a, a crash course for, from you as somebody who's so kind of steeped in in the history of 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 this industry and, and to your earlier point airbnb did not create vacation rentals these were very much a thing before airbnb verbo even even existed and so my my specific question for you is what what was that like like what was the transition like from your perspective of vacation rentals being i think it was actually a pretty meaningful industry for a while but like at what point in time did it transition from kind of being this this thing on the side cuz i think about the very first beach house like my family ever went to right and i've said this on the show before but you know we had to like bring our own linens and we had to bring our own like you know soap and like it was just it not at all what what my experience of of these homes is like today um, and admittedly, like most of the time I travel, I've historically used used Airbnb, right? And so the experience from, from the guest perspective anyways is, is wildly different. So walk us through those like years of transition. Like what was it like working in the business as Airbnb was like taken off? So it was like drinking from a fire hose. And let's, <laughs> let's, let me back up before Airbnb, right? Like we've actually seen this before. This, okay. This this is not necessarily new. So the predecessor to the the Airbnb craze was a company called HomeAway. Yeah, and if you recall yes. HomeAway, HomeAway was a collection of investors, very smart guys out of Austin that said, hey, you know what? Look at this, this thing called vacation rentals. And we're like, it's pretty fragmented. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's pretty unprofessionalized, you know, from their perspective. And they set out to kind of aggregate these online listing portals or yeah. online listing sites uh, under a common umbrella to make it easier for travelers to, to search. Yeah. Right. And for homeowners to, to rent. Yeah. And, you know, HomeAway went out sort of on a buying spree and we're acquiring some pretty large names. The biggest of is now everybody knows is, is Verbo or VRBO yeah. um, at the time. So, you know, this is sort of the same playbook, but obviously um, a little bit further back, right? Tech wasn't quite as developed as it is now. Yeah. But, um, you know, so I've seen this before. And, and during that time, it was a very similar feeling, hmm. right? It was uh, institutional money starting to come in yeah. to play. It was, you know, hey, we need to professionalize these sort of things. We yeah. need, hey, you know, we should probably offer some more amenities yeah. to these guests who've never stayed at a rental house or a beach house yeah and they kind of expect this thing and i have a great story i'll never forget when i was um working at hatteras realty and i was young and 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 we were in the same boat right so we didn't provide linens and towels i mean and and at a at a business of that scale in a very uh isolated geographic market it's hard as hell to do that mm, yeah. <laughs> right like people just don't understand um and you really have a few hours to flip these five, six, seven bedroom homes. Um, so it's tough. So yeah. I understand 
really why it, it back then you didn't do that. Yeah. Right. And there's a cost to it and all of this. So, but I'll never forget, I was checking in a gentleman and he rented, you could, we would rent linens to you, but then you'd have to take them to your house and, and do, and make the beds and all that. He never stayed with us before and he, and he rented a property and he checked in, he had to check in at the front desk. We didn't have, we didn't have, you know, keyless locks or yeah. that kind of stuff. And he said, well, what about linens and towels? And and someone pointed, Hey, there, your bags are over there. <laughs> and he, he was dragging these gigantic linen bags out the front door. And he goes, I, I under his breath, he's like, Jesus Christ, what, what are we doing? You know? And, and it just, you know, I was like, Light bulb right. moment. Yeah. You're right. You know, it's it, that is the worst experience ever. You know, you come down with your your little kids and you're excited. You want to get in your house. Yeah. Next first thing you gotta do is drag linen bags up three flights of stairs and make beds. I yeah. mean, that's just talk about a downer, right? Yeah. Um so so you know, having said that, you know, the, this was sort of I would say this was the tipping point, right? So this is when when all this really started talking. And then, you know, kind of going back to VRMA. You know, VRMA has been around for, for decades, right? It's, it's one of the oldest trade associations, if not the oldest trade association in vacation rental management. And, you know, it's not like any of this stuff has never been talked about, yeah. right? Like we, we've we talked about this stuff ad nauseum, yeah. you know, try to come up with ways to increase the guest experience, the owner experience, you know, all of these sort of things, you know, as, as a collection of, of professional managers. Yeah. Where you run into the problem, where you just ran into the problem back then was right. Is a is a balance of cost versus you know benefit, yeah. right? Cost versus benefit, and in our respective markets, you know the cost was always top of mind for our homeowner clients. Yeah, yeah, it just was right because yeah. they they've been used to never providing linens and towels, and guess what? People always rent the houses. Yeah. So what's the problem now? Yeah, right. Yeah, what's yeah. the problem? We're like, well, you know be kind of nice to do it. And you're like, I don't care. You yeah. Know? yeah. Let them bring their own stuff. Um, so there's, there were, you had to, you had to get over that hill. Uh, and it was tough. It was a very steep uphill climb. Yeah. And this is what a lot of people don't understand. Like, you know, we kind of, we, we set this hill or we set these tracks for everybody else. Yeah. And same thing goes with, cleaning fees, right? Yeah. Or, or added fees, right? There's this whole discussion about cleaning fees. Like people were like, do you do them or do you not? Like, yeah. well, hell, we solved this problem you know, 15 years ago, right? Like we, we solved this problem 15 years ago by doing all inclusive bundle pricing because we understood people don't like surprises, yeah. right? They don't yeah. like surprises. So unless this, you know, if it's an optional program, then that's fine. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, it's funny to me how we're, we kind of circle back around to the same problems or yeah. the same discussions over and over and over again. So, you know, as, as things kind of progressed, you know, VRBO was the, was the, the boogeyman for a while because, you know, they're going to take all the homeowners, all the homeowners are going to self-manage, they're going to do this. Well, that never materialized, yeah. right? I mean, uh, it, it's, it's a pain in the ass, yeah. right? It's a pain in the ass. And, and our services as professional managers are, uh, not only not only do we have the expertise in what we're doing, but it's a convenience. Yeah. Right. It's a convenience in time. It's a convenience that you buy one of these beach houses or one of these mountain houses or, or lake houses. You know, nine times out of ten, I want to enjoy that house when yeah. I'm there. I don't. I don't want to deal with it. Right. Yeah. And you know, I think that's sort of a little bit of a disconnect between the traditional VR crowd or vacation rental crowd. And the STR crowd, mm. right? Like in my mind, while overlapping, they're two different, two different objectives, mm. right? So when I hear STR, all right, from all the gurus and for for all the folks out there, I'm I'm thinking, okay, these guys are trying to make money on an asset, which is yeah. completely fine. Yeah. Completely understand. Yeah. I love it. Do it. Um, but then those same crowd kicks the shins of the professional management companies who've been doing this forever whose whose clientele has a completely different objective than these people yeah right yeah so you can't put them both in the same boat and then you know claim superiority over here so it just doesn't work that way last minute cancellations suck and that's why we built ping ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite airbnbs become available Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. 
Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest, and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form, and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. What do you think what do you think are like one or two of those core differences, right? Like so when you when you say the VR crowd wants to, you know, enjoy enjoy the property and the STR crowd is more interested in just like you know, utilizing, getting as much bang and bang as they can from from the asset. Like, what 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 are those differences? So, I think number one for the VR crowd, uh, it's more leisure markets, and their their primary objective, the yeah. homeowners, their primary objective is to offset the carrying cost of the property and preserve the asset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, and not to say not to say the SDR folks don't want to preserve the asset. Of course they do, right? Yeah, but you know, the, the the vacation rental crowd, especially a lot of my former clients, yeah. you know, come October or, or whatever, they're like, hey, Mike, block the rest of the calendar out. We're going down for two weeks. Yeah. You know? yeah let's open it back up in May 1st. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. way I can get in there and do a few things. Right. The SDR crowd ain't doing that. Yeah. They're like, if you, yeah, <laughs> leave it open. <laughs> you know? So they, there's just fundamental differences there. And nobody's right, nobody's wrong. It's That's just, just yeah. what each each prospective owner wants to do with their property, and um, and I can appreciate both sides of yeah. the equation. What do you think, like from 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 your perspective, when at what point was there, or maybe maybe there even hasn't been, but I I would imagine that there has been. At what point was there this like tipping point where owners right understood, hey, whoa, like. We we're seeing, you know, there are our, our, our rates drop, you know, we've got to drop rates, right? Because because no one's booking uh, or, oh, my gosh, you know, the properties that are on Airbnb are getting booked way more than my property. Like, why is that, Mike? You know, like and they start complaining to you or like at, at what point was there enough of an inflection where folks had to think a little bit differently about the hospitality experience that they were delivering and not just like, hey, we're just letting you use space, right? There's a difference between letting you utilize space for a week and giving you a hospitality experience. So, and again, I recognize that this is in, in many contexts probably still different in, you know, leisure markets that have a ton of traffic, right? Every, like I think about going to the Outer Banks, nine times out of 10, you know, my family still rents from a local vacation rental management company because the inventory on on Airbnb is actually, quite frankly, just like not, there, there isn't as much supply as you would expect, right? right yeah. um, and so, so at what point was that tipping point, and and what do you think the reason for it was? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if it came all of a sudden. I think it was a, a slow progression, right? Yeah. So, um, and and the way I look at this is, and I know some people probably would not agree with me, but um, the homeowner is the one in the hospitality business. Hmm. The management company is the facilitator, hmm. right? So, and and here's an example. Um, you know, hey, um, wouldn't it be nice to provide a gift basket and a bottle of wine for every person that stays at the house? Yeah. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Right? It's a very nice experience. Who pays for that? Yeah. It cannot be the management company. The yeah. margins are not there to pay for that. And a yeah. lot of times... The management companies looked at to say, "Hey, yeah, you should do that. Wouldn't that be nice for your guests?" I'm like, "Well, it, yeah, but they're not technically my guests, right? Mm. They're the the owner's guests, and I'm the facilitator for the owner to to do that." And some people might agree with that, some people not. But you know, in North Carolina, you know, we're licensed by the North Carolina Real Estate Commission. We're a licensed real estate firm, so you know, technically, yes, the owner is the client. And the guest is the customer. Hmm. So we have a fiduciary duty to the client, which is the owner. Uh, and we're basically directed by them. Now, the owner has to abide by certain certain terms and conditions for our program. Of course, we can't just it's not a, it's not a free for all. But, you know, the, the ultimate decision making power lies with 
the homo. Yeah. So, but I would, you know, it didn't come all at once and it was a slow progression of, you know, frankly, you know, dummies like me who came in as young going, you know, we should just not piss people off. Like, wouldn't that be, <laughs> wouldn't that be great? <laughs> right. And, and it just starts with little things, right? We know what, we're going to do keyless locks because I am not driving my happy ass down to the south end of the beach and letting somebody in at midnight because they can't get in, which happened. Yeah. Um, Jeez, yeah. You know, you know, we're going to provide linens and towels. We're going to figure out how to do that because if I was staying, I have three little kids. I don't want to go in there and tell my wife, hey, we have to go make beds before we can go run down to the beach and have fun. Right? Yeah. Like just, yeah. just simple things like that. And <clears throat> And, and, and yes, you can make those decisions as a manager, but then you have to go to your homeowners and go, Hey guys, you know, and I was always, I was always under kind of the, the impetus that I would do it and then ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Right. So it's like, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. This is what the cost is going to be. This is how we're going to structure it. Uh, and then I would sit back and kind of <laughs> close my eyes for a little while and just my ears and, let everybody kind of yell at me for for a few minutes. They get it out of their system, and then off we went. You know, so yeah. it just took a little bit of that, just kind of getting out of your comfort zone, doing those sort of things, and then it slowly progressed from there. Um, I would say, I definitely would say, Airbnb was a benefit to the industry by shining a light on some of these newer, you know, hosts and yeah. and and folks who have really. I mean, they do a really good job. I yeah. mean, let's face it. You know, they do a good job and. They're very hands-on. They're, you know, they're they got the the goodies and the baked cookies and whatever, whatever, you know, flat fresh flowers. I mean, yeah. hey, that's that's pretty good, yeah. right? Um, so it, sh- it definitely shone a light on what could be, yeah. Um, you know, and and a lot of people like to talk about scale and yeah. hey, we got to scale this. I'm like, hey, why, why, why do you got to scale it? Why, why don't you do things that are super one to one? Yeah that then nobody can compete with yeah right um and if if somebody can if somebody can hack the code to be that individual host and bake cookies for every single reservation and provide fresh flowers for thirty thousand homes then congratulations (laughs) right but i'm not sure i'm just not sure like there's this big growing um wave that people want that Hmm. i'm just not sure that's what people really want so Hmm. Um, so yeah, so they, they certainly helped kind of with the evolution of the business there. And, uh, and it helped, it helped old crusty rental managers like myself as well. Right. So we had to get out of our comfort zone (laughs) and say, God, you know, like this is, this is actually pretty cool. You know, we, we gotta go, we gotta go to our homeowners and tell them like, we've done some research this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And, um, you're starting to see that now, especially the, the evolution of sort of the old traditional firms I feel like are. You know, they're, they're constantly doing something to make themselves better. If yeah. People think they sit back and just collect checks yeah. and are just don't do anything. They're, they're sorely mistaken. Yeah. The good ones out there bust their butt every day. They take it on the chin for their homeowners every day. Yeah. And and they really, really do have their best interests at heart. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's really that's really good to hear. And, you know, I I don't know if you know this mike but i um my wife and i during covid we uh, we hopped around to different airbnbs we stayed in like close to 100 for like a year and a half we just kind of drove around the country stayed in different different homes and um one of the things that like was really evident in in that process was understanding like what hospitality in like the short-term rental space could look like and we we had hosts that were just like went to your your earlier point about cookies like went over and above right like in every possible way and quite frankly as a traveler it it is hard when you when you're like graced with that sort of experience and then you go to another place and it's like and you book through the same like you know uh, platform or whatever it might be, and then you pay a similar amount, and it's wildly different, right? Like the the the, the, the place might be yeah. beautiful, but the actual like you know expectation of how the host communicates and the you know the the wine that they give you, whatever it is, is 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 wildly different. My question is like, you know, I I think for in in my circles, right? There's this kind of growing understanding that like, oh, you don't want to book like when you see on Airbnb, you see like the, a logo like of a property management company, like you want to avoid those listings, right? Because I think 
I think whether or not, you know, this is, I, I don't actually believe this is true, but I think the perception is like the experience is going to be lackluster because now you're dealing with a company and not like the host, right? Um, and I'd love your like take on that because, you know, if you think about like, you know, the Vacasas of the world, right? And, and even Evolves, you see these larger like management companies. If you look through their, you know, their listings on these OTAs, right? They have pretty awful reviews. And like I've stayed in some of these properties and, my experience has been horrible. Like, like I, the only property I ever left was managed by a national vacation rental management company, right? Like, and by left, I mean literally. Like, after checking in, I was like, I, we cannot be here. It was, it was terrible, right? Obviously, that's extreme, and most of the people like yourself are doing incredible work in in this space. But like, what do you think needs to happen to help? You know, guests who are willing to spend a lot of money are willing to go to nice places, right? But, but feel like they can't trust vacation rental management companies because of quite frankly like the public reviews that are out there on them like how do we overcome that yeah i think i think that's a narrative for a segment in this kind of circle like you just said Mm -hmm. i mean i don't think that's true i think that's true to a certain extent possibly you know people are always going to have bad experiences and experiences in the eye of the beholder sometimes but i can tell you this you know um ten thousand reservations multi-thousand people trusted us with their reservation you know year in year out wow yeah yeah so it you know it's the job of the of the the property manager it's the job of the vacation rental manager right to make sure those people have a good good stay and that they want to come back and and to your point too what makes a good vacation rental manager good Hmm. is that a guest can say hey i've stayed with carolina retreats i know the experience I'm going to get. Yeah. It's not Russian roulette with me yeah. going on Airbnb and I can book with Sally or, or Mr. Joe, right? Yeah. Like I have no idea what's yeah. going to happen, <laughs> right? But if I book with Carolina Retreats, I can book in Topsail, Riceville, Carolina Beach, Oak Island, here, here, here. And I know to a certain degree the experience I'm going to get, Yeah, right? So that's, the, that's really the value that you provide to a guest uh, when you get to that point. So again, in vogue to kick traditional sure. companies in the shins a little bit right now. And, 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 and look, rightly so to a certain degree, right? I mean, like, yeah, but I could kick the shins of regular hosts yeah. as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. And if, if I, you know, I had a gentleman one time stay with us and I'll never forget this, you know, had a lackluster experience. So, you know, me being the owner, I'm like, look, I, I need to call this guy. Like I need to, I need to figure out why I want to apologize. So we had a, we had a good productive conversation and, um, you know, he, he, he made a comment. He was like, look, you know, I book with you guys because you're a professional company. If I wanted a book with an emotional, irrational owner, I would have gone to VRBO. Right. <laughs> and I said, that's very interesting. You know, yeah. why, why do you say that? He's like, well, look, he's like, I don't want to be walking around eggshells on a house, you know, getting videoed by a camera if I'm too loud or if I'm my dog's in the back, or if I, you know, drop something on the floor, you yeah, know, being, yeah, yeah. being facetious. So, so like in his mind, he's like, I'd rather stay with a professional company, right? Like a business yeah. that then get kind of hawk-eyed by a, a, a specific owner yep. at their home to make sure I'm following, you know, everything. And he's like, I'm not breaking any rules, but you just never know. And you know, that story pops up a lot. You know, mm. you get, you get folks that they're like, hey, you know, this owner showed up and knocked at my door and yelled at my daughter because yeah. they were being loud outside. Like nobody wants to deal with that. Yeah. So I, I would say there's there's room for improvement yeah. on both sides of the equation. Yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent. And I mean, I, I think that that observation right, is 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 absolutely where things you know, are headed, right? As you see, quite frankly, just more people taking the business seriously, even new, newer operators, right? Like, I think new, the cool thing about new people coming into the space is they, they shake things up, right? Like any startup does. Yeah. And they yeah. challenge, they challenge convention, they challenge the the traditional operators, I think they can also learn a lot from traditional operators. But at the end of the day, I think the industry as a whole gets gets better, right? And if you can build trust, right? Like, I, I look forward to the day where, you know, my peers, 
uh, all understand like, oh, actually, right, it's best to book direct because of the very things that you just said, right? Or like, actually, here are the reasons you want a professionally managed company to be operating the home that you're going to go stay in. And for that to just be like common sense, right? And and, and again, I, I think that slowly there's there's some awareness being built around that, but I think we have a, a long way to go. I do want to pick your, your brain around as we, you know, prepare to wrap up here. I, w- I want to talk a little bit about how you ended up selling uh, Carolina Retreats. And and then you've got a new venture going on that I want to talk about. But walk us through the, sort of the acquisition process because there are lots of folks who are building cool portfolios of, of homes right now. Some, of, some, some folks are, you know, owners and operators. Some folks are, are just uh, property managers. Um, but Many of them are are interested in, let's say, the next few years potentially exiting, right, or 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 raising capital or, or wanting to take their business to the le- to the next level. What like lessons did you learn during the acquisition process? I believe VT uh, trips bought you guys. Is that right? V trips. V trips. V trips. Yep. Um, yep. So what, yep. so what what was that process like? Yeah, this was interesting. I mean, um, I've been doing this for a long time, uh, from working with folks to building a company to taking all the risk, right to to buying companies and, and building something. So, you know, during COVID, that was a very difficult time for everybody. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, it, it just was right. And that, you know, a couple of years before that, we had gone through hurricanes. And so there was, there was just a lot of, of, of things, you know, sort of in the back of my mind. And and this isn't really why I decided to pull the trigger and sell, but, you know, during COVID we went from effectively zero to just, you know, moonshot. Like yeah. things just were insane. So as hard as having no business was, having too much business was almost equally as hard. Cause yeah. then I had short staff that I didn't have, you know, we had people just knocking our doors down to come stay. And 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 it was, you know, it was tough. But it was, you know, of course great. You know, um, but you know, at that time I started looking around and you know, I had gone through the great financial crisis. You know, this isn't my first rodeo. Yeah. And I've been, <laughs> I've seen I've seen the peaks and valleys of real estate. I've seen the peaks and valleys of recessions. Like I, I understand this stuff, you know, good as good as I can, right? Well, I started looking around, and, and as things progressed, as you know, folks started kind of, kind of really, really coming into vacation rentals. I, I took a step back and said, "God, you know, this really isn't normal, <laughs> right? This, this, I'm this isn't normal. I haven't seen this before." Something just doesn't smell right, you know. I'm not sure. Um, I knew we had grown a very bus- you know, good business. We were very solid, and I felt like our business was was built for the long term, right? So while it might not be 21, 22 numbers, it was going to be good in perpetuity. Yeah. But then I said, well, you know, looking around, a lot of institutional money was coming in. There was a bunch of M and A happening. I said, look, I do myself a disservice if I didn't at least just kind of see. Yeah. Right. So yeah. ended up calling uh Ben Edwards again, my friend, and who helped me buy Tops of Realty and launched me and said, Ben, what's going on? Uh he's with Weatherby Consulting. I said, Ben, what's going on? Um, you know, out there. And he's like, it's he's like, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's it's crazy. Um, there's just there's there's so much interest. There's there's things happening left and right. I said, well, you know, what do you think about my company? He's like, I'd sell it tomorrow. Hmm. Like, well, I don't want to sell it tomorrow, but um, what what do you think if we if we put a little teaser out there and said, oh, let's, let's check it out? So we did. You know, immediately got interest. Got yeah. four or five people, and, and and Ben's the kind of guy. I mean, he's, he's super. He's very networked. He he he's not going to plaster this thing on. You know, bizbuysell.com. That's yeah. not how it. That's not how it works, right? It's it's very strategic. They're rifle shots. They're not shotgun shots, and um. So we, we, we put it out to a handful of groups that we knew were acquiring um, that could do a deal of that size. You know, we at the time we were over 400 properties in multiple destinations and, you know, in a, in a very, very attractive part of North Carolina. A lot of people like to get in North Carolina, but a lot of people have a hard time yeah. because of all the real estate regulations around it. So yeah. they're, they don't like coming in and planting a flag and trying to do it from scratch. Yeah. They to, you know, a, rather require and, and go that way. So, so we put it out there and, and immediately got, uh, LOIs and interest. And I was like, you know, it, it came down to me because I was, I was sort of a lifer, right? I was yeah. like, I'm never going to sell. I'm going to be the old guy, you know, going to the RMA and these events and 
telling how these young guys how it was, you know, years ago. And uh, <laughs> and it came down when I, you know, sat with my wife and we were talking about it. And again, I still have young kids. Uh, love being with my children. Um, I said, do we think the value of our business today will be the same value five years from now? Yeah. Do we think it'll be more? Do we think it'll be less? Yeah. And And really... I mean, fundamentally, we said it'll be less, Yeah. right? It'll be less because even if I grew units, even if we continue to eke out profit, I mean, you know, additional profit, um, the value, which is in the eye of the beholder, uh, might not be the same. Yeah. So, you know, we had to make a decision and say, like, like what can we do? And if we did this, you know, um, what's the next What's the next thing? And, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we had a handful of offers. Um, we ended up um, deciding on V-Trips, uh, Steve Milo's company out of Florida. And, and V-Trips, and I've known Steve for a long time, right? So we had a personal relationship. Steve had raised money. And his idea, his thesis is to, he's sort of the anti-Vacasa, right? He's like, we're not creating a branded experience. We're creating a collection of brands mm. experience. Mm. So you have Carolina retreats. You have uh, tailor-made vacation rentals down in uh, Deep Creek, uh, Lake Maryland. Yeah. Southern vacation rentals down in Florida, in the Panhandle of Florida. Uh, Tybee Island vacation rentals in Tybee. I mean, and I knew all these people personally who yeah. own these companies, and yeah. they're my friends. Yeah. And I'm going, okay, this is pretty cool. Like, if you can create a brand or a collection of brands of some of the some of the most well-known brands, like in our little circles in the country. I mean, there's something to that. Yeah. So, so we ended up picking Steve. Uh, it was a good relationship. Um, you know, I, I, I told Steve, I said, look, you know, I, I'll be your cheerleader. I want you to grow. I want you to be successful, but I'm, I'm dipping out. Yeah. Right. Cause I just, you know, we're, we're kind of similar personalities. It's going to be hard for, for two captains in the captain chair yeah. to, to, <laughs> you know, to make decisions. And, and I, I knew that I was like, look, you need to, you need to make the decisions. You need to, you need to do what you need to do. So so, you know, it was, it was, it was tough, right? Cause the best time to sell your business is when you don't want to sell your business. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to sit here and tell everybody they need to go sell their business because some people might not want to, yeah. they, they, that might not be in the cards. They want to grow this lifestyle company, hand off to their kids. Please do that. That's yeah. great. Um, my situation was, I felt like I could do something different. Yeah. You know, this was a, a great asset for me. And I had some some thoughts and some investments other you know elsewhere that I wanted to pursue. So um, that was another part of the decision making process. But you know, it it ended up you know everything we did to grow Carolina Retreats, everything we did to uh, you know build that portfolio and brand it and, and all the hard work and and investment and look growth is expensive. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you know if you've never been in growth mode in a company. You know, don't sit back and, you know, count your dollars because they're going to be out the door, yeah. you know, just like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but everything we did was to kind of, you know, have this enterprise value that, you know, if nothing else made us feel good. Yeah. And and ended up, you know, we ended up capitalizing on that at probably the exact right time. Yeah. So. Yeah. What a what an incredible story. And I, I mean, I, I think many of the people listening to this conversation would agree that it it does sound like it was the right time. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, I, I think that it's such a hard decision, but like, it sounds like you approach it so thoughtfully, um, to, you know, to the best of your, your ability and how cool to be able to sell to somebody who you really trust, who you've known in the industry for a while, as opposed to just some, you know, new institutional kind of like buyer that came into the space. Cause that's, you know, uh, there, there is a lot of money flowing into the space and there are a lot of people who are, you know, have never done anything in, in hospitality or vacation rentals who are now interested. And so, and a lot of those folks have deep pockets. So I'm sure, I'm sure that there was, was, you know, maybe temptation or, 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 you know, maybe you were inclined or thought about, selling to a, a different kind of a buyer but how cool to know that the thing that you've built is is in really 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 good hands uh, as we as we wrap here what what can you tell us about carolina resort company because that that's your your new venture right yeah that's my new venture that's uh this is a certainly a passion project for us it's um so along the way we were building big uh the vacation rental business in carolina retreats so we started having the opportunity to buy uh 
and operate these small inns, beach hotels, um, sort of hybrid hospitality properties. So, you know, at the time we were like, Hey, this is just a good way to grow. Um, they're not very competitive with our vacation homes and we can have a different type of product in the mix. And again, this is kind of before we started this back in uh, 2017, 2018. So before people really got hot trying to do, you know, quote unquote boutique hotels yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in vacation rentals, right? Which is, that's a whole nother story I could go on a tangent with. But um, so we decided to go down that road and and what we found was like, okay, these are, this is a really good investment, right? Yeah. I mean, and we have a very narrow view of our investment criteria. It's vacation rental heavy, traditional leisure markets, um, low supply of hotel rooms, yeah. right? Um, and, and generally pretty bad real estate that needs a lot of work Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, because if you, all of those things, most of the time, those types of properties are too big for the little or, or, or individual investor, yeah. right. And too small for the big guy yeah, yeah, to come in yeah. and do anything. Right. Yeah. So we're, so now we've built this thing. I, in fact, I just closed on a property, uh, Monday. Wow. Um, so we're 80 keys or 80 rooms across four hospitality properties. Um, I have a great small team. Um, we're going to build this thing out whenever we want to. There's no wow. rush. Yeah. Um, if, if an opportunity pr- you know, presents itself, fantastic. But we own, my wife and I own all these in our own portfolio, hundred percent. Wow. And it's a great feeling. Wow. Yeah. Dude. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. Um, well, I, I'm just so thankful for, for you, Mike and I just want to take a second to just thank you for for all the work that you've done over the last, you know, nearly two decades helping build the industry. I don't say that. That's uh, <laughs> makes me feel old. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. Um, but but honestly, it's it's been such a uh, pleasure and, and a treat to hear a little bit about your story. It sounds like you've got just like a wealth of knowledge, and we might have to have you back on to kind of hear other other hot takes with Mike. Maybe we just need like a regular segment. Um, but uh, I really appreciate you, your time, and all that you've done with the uh, with and for the industry. For folks that do want to learn a little bit more about you, I'll have links to your LinkedIn profile, your Twitter handle, all that fun stuff in the show notes below. Uh, is there anywhere else you'd want to send folks to if they're interested in learning a little bit more about who you are and or you know what Carolina retreats, uh, excuse me, Carolina Resort Company is? Yeah, I mean, uh, DM me at those uh, LinkedIn and and Twitter. I'm always available. Um, and you can go to carolinaresorts.com if you want to take a peek at the portfolio and shoot me a message if you want to come to North Carolina. Wonderful. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Mike, thanks for your time. Yep. Thanks, Zach. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Behind the Stays. I'd love to know what you thought of the episode. Feel free to shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com, or find me on X, formerly Twitter, at ZBoozy, that's Z-B-O-O-Z-E-E, or on LinkedIn, at Zach Cruz. If this is your first time tuning in, it's a pleasure to have you, and we hope to have you back again soon. If you've been a listener for a while, though, I'd greatly appreciate if you could subscribe and then leave us a rating and review of the show wherever you are currently streaming this podcast. Last but certainly not least, Spontaneous and Behind the Stays are totally bootstrapped, and my ability to bring you these stories is only possible because of our incredible advertising partners. We're very much a startup show, and while our growth rate is amazing, thanks to all you who keep tuning in and sharing our show with your friends and family, we haven't quote-unquote made it yet. So if you could do me a huge favor and go and check out the sponsor for today's episode in the show notes below, I would greatly appreciate it. Even if their offering doesn't make sense for you right now, sending them a quick message on social or an email, just saying that you're listening to the show and you appreciate their support would be incredibly amazing. All right, friends, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day and we will see you on the next episode of Behind the Stays.